Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct Something that's less Mr Bean And more Steve McQueen Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King From dope 250-watt city bikes To Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts That can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Do you like beer? Do you like free? How about, you guessed it, free beer? As a valued listener, we'd like to bestow upon you just that. Thanks to our good pals at Beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight delicious and painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com slash arsenal and cover just the postage of £4.95 and, as if that wasn't enough, as a listener of the Footballistically Arsenal podcast, you get two extra free beers. So that's 10 free beers. Beer 52, in case you didn't know, are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beers from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise then that they're the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, Korea, Belgium, South Africa, California, New Zealand and more but they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is that you can leave any time, the power is in your hands. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive, and a beery snack is thrown in just to top it all off. Don't like dark beers? Choose the light plan. It's easy. So just go to www.beer52.com slash Arsenal to get your case free. And don't forget, right now, the Footballistically Arsenal podcast listeners get two extra free beers. Yes, they do. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. Uh, sidekick, Psychic Josh is by my side. Absolutely. Welcome. Thank well, you. Welcome back to live football. After last week, you missed the Newcastle game, but you were there yesterday. I, I was trust. there. I had a different view yesterday. Oh, okay. Had to give my tickets. I gave my tickets to Nigel Martin's son. Do you remember Nigel Martin? Of course. Was there yeah. So he got my season tickets and I was in the upper tier. So I had a completely different view. A bit oh. more like your view. Oh, from above. It was nice. Yeah, yeah. Were you in a different position? No, I did, people confused. I took a photo from Instagram on the way in from the from the back behind the goal, just right. as a, just as a different visual because I always take the same shot on my Instagram. Yeah, because like, I thought he was a shit. Um, yeah, it, I didn't recognise it almost. People it were confused. Unfamiliar. It was I'm just in my regular seat on club level for the game. Who against, were you with yesterday? Um, I was with Dom, uh, Dom, Baldwin. Dom Baldwin, brother of Dan, but person in his own right. And his lovely nephew, who was very entertaining, actually. I have to say, yeah, very entertaining. Anyway, we have some proper guests. Tim Payton is back. Hello. Of, of, of Arsenal Sports Trust, you're still still, oh, still ploughing on there, yeah. Ploughing the furrow. Of... Currently surveying our members about VAR. Well, I was going to come on this because you have expressed some quite, I would say, controversial VAR views over the weekend on Twitter, which I'm going to come to later. Let's not get into this now. 
But I'm going to grill you about that. I'm going to probe you about your, I'm considering to be interesting, VAR views. And Tom <laughs> Rosenthal is back. Tom, comedy legend, actor, yeah. stand-up. Sure. Um, presenter. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, welcome back. I just quibble with comedy legend, but the other ones are sort of great to have you back. Accurate. Great to have you back. The last time I saw Tom, he was doing a, his show about circumcision yep. in Edinburgh. Still doing which that, which was a huge success. Yeah, and tour still on. TomRosenthal.net slash days. Get the plug in early, guys. And I heard you on Five Live yep. for like an hour. Yeah, discussion about, about circumcision. Amazingly, yeah. Which was brilliant. Please don't let me talk about it here. This is, this is the only uh, <laughs> avenue circumc- that I didn't want a, to talk about circumcision. We won't go into it. Let's just say you know it was, it's a very interesting. Really got some very very controversial yeah. views on VAR. I've got some very yep. controversial views on circumcision. Yep. You know, it's going to be a spicy pod. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. <laughs> Can I ask, how, long, how many more tour dates have you got? Oh, 25, 30. Yeah. Uh, we're going all over the shop. Please come. <laughs> I'm going to come and see it. When, when are you in, like, in London? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Good, it's good. So, hopefully, Excellent. in March. Um, there's also a new series of Friday Night Dinner. Yes, coming sir. To coming in a couple um, of months. Which has not been on for a couple of years. Yeah. Can I just say, Boyd started this when we walked in about five minutes ago by going, I got an email about yeah. you today. Well, I'm ruining it. And I got an email about you today yeah. from right. Comedy Central. I'm going to read it, not in full, because it's quite long. Uh-huh. But right. we are excited to announce our brand new UK commission, Gods of the Game, mm-hmm. is coming to Comedy Central. It is. Um, it's a brand new comedy sports game show yeah. which pits members of the public against sporting legends in hilarious tests of ability. Host and head god is cycling legend Sir Bradley Wiggins, yep. and his humorous co-host oh. is Tom Rosenthal. That's kind. The pressure's on. Uh, yeah, it's a very bizarre show that actually takes place in a stadium inside Bradley Wiggins' mind. Wow. Uh, have you already filmed it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all done. And you've got Michael Owen, it says on this release. Mo Farah, yeah, Rebecca Adlington, others. Like Tim Hemman does it really funny. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, if you ever saw Banzai, it was like a mad show in the 90s, which is sort of like a, I guess now a slightly politically incorrect sort of yeah. satire of Japanese <laughs> game shows. Uh, it's made by the same guy who made that, and it's totally insane. And, yeah, you just he's just got all these weird games. I mean... <laughs> Mo Farah, what do they make him do? Basically, you've got people in the public compete against sports stars, but obviously the sports stars have some kind of impediment. Mm. And, um, oh, my God, Mo Farah, they made him run around a, like a horse racing track and you could choose how much of an advantage you got over Mo Farah. And then they played um, Bohemian Rhapsody. And basically, if Mo overtook you before Bohemian Rhapsody ended, famously a very long song, yeah. uh, you lost. But if wow. you stayed ahead of him... Uh, you gain some points. I mean, it's it's basically TV for people who are addicted to weed. I think you know, it's it's just which is definitely Josh. Which is any comedy. I central. cannot wait. Um, I mean, how was Michael Owen? Well, I mean, I didn't meet any of them. I just did two days of blue screen or green screen, which ah, is where, okay. you know how they make me look like I'm inside Bradley Wiggins' head. Got it. Uh, in a weird futuristic stadium. Oh, so you uh, really are like the comedy provider? Yeah. So we we the... sort of host it, and we're in between uh, these mad mad events. I mean, it's completely mad. I've no idea if it's any good or not. It was just I'm quite sure fun. We well, we can all judge on Thursday the 12th of March at 8.30pm. Get stuck in. When it's on Comedy Get Central. stuck in. Is that a Europa League night or are we free that night? Um, I, think it's a, I think it's a Wednesday rather than a Thursday. Oh, oh you said a Thursday. It's a Thursday on this press release. Well, I, which I don't received know on Friday. what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, yes. who knows? The other thing we should say is Tom has been incredibly smart. He's come oh, yeah, yeah. Top, so, we, very rare we have a podcast guest with a top button done up as well. Uh, <laughs> I mean, cool. what, a, what an indictment of us I'm all. I'm struggling to get my tie the right length. I've spent the entire start of the podcast basically trying to yeah. fix that. But I'm, I think you might, I'm going to the Sports Journalist Awards after this. With, uh, your, with your dad? Well, my dad doesn't know this. But this doesn't go out long. So he, he's it, getting an award, isn't he? Yeah, this he's is fine it, because this, this won't go out till as at least as, tomorrow. As as I mean. you, none of you suckers like, immediately go I'm to your Sports Journalist yeah. friends. But he's hosting the awards, but at the end of it, he's going to get a sort of lifetime achievement thing. So That's I'm going to go along and hug him and tell him I'm proud of him. So is it a surprise to him that you're going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't yeah, know you're yeah. going to be there. He's got no idea. Think it's going to be the craziest him, are you giving sports him the... journalist award. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be. I'm sort of just going to come in the back. I might be quite overdressed for what I'm doing, which is just sort of turning up and hugging him. Uh, I think, but no, I but I think any award ceremony has to be a suit. Show, exactly. I didn't want to yeah. show him up at the Park Plaza. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thrilled for him. It's very exciting. No, it's he was, he was back. I was bringing to see him back for the Amazon, Amazon. Prime yeah, um, football. It was lovely for our family to see him trending on Twitter and him having such a lovely time and doing such a good job. And he yeah. still got it because he was absolutely—he was still absolutely brilliant. He still got his very yeah. sonorous voice and yeah. general yeah. presence. Yeah, I really like the Amazon Prime coverage. I, I'm not—not not yeah, really I think it's it. the future, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, that way. But Tim probably knows more about this about that being the model because they talked about the Premier League having like a 
not a Netflix style, but something like that. Well, direct to consumer, yeah. Yeah. In, in effect, running their own. You'd cut out the middleman and take all the money in directly. Mm. By, by the middleman is, is my dad, so I'd rather it go sort of oh, no, to him and then to my. They're still new presenter. Yeah, yeah. presenter. Yeah, but you don't get. When they're the... showing every game every week, then your then your dad's going <laughs> to be quick busy. busy. Yeah, you don't, you don't let him. You don't yeah. let Rupert Murdoch cream off forty percent of it. Right. You just take the revenues directly right. into the Premier League for the streaming. Right. Well, interestingly, Rupert Murdoch doesn't own Sky anymore, right? So he sold it to Universal. Blah, but I'm, I think that more and more people now are, gonna, are watching it again. Mm. More, I, I, believe, I mean, someone did tell me there's an upturn. I mean, this is completely relevant in Sky because people now don't feel guilty about buying it. You see, particularly oh. Liverpool fans, for example, which mm. always means a lot of Liverpool fans wouldn't pay yeah. anything. And now it's fine because it's owned by Universal. It's fine. It's all fine. Anyway, more importantly, we've got to discuss yesterday's match versus um, who are we playing again? Everton. Everton, but the most important thing about yesterday's match was actually the half-time wedding proposal. Did you see that? I mean, or were you busy getting a free drink? Let me just say that was. I know you were very excited about the half-time wedding proposal. Like, There's nothing missed. else to talk. Of course, about. I was out getting a drink. I was out getting a drink. You get free drinks at club level. You have to get your free drink. All right, rub it in. So I was getting my free drink, and also that's only the second most important thing about yesterday's game. Because the most important thing about yesterday's game was that it justified why we do predictions at the end of this podcast, which I know Tom particularly always <laughs> find, <laughs> finds, finds dubious. The future is mad. It's mad. But I got it right. I predicted 3-2 sure. in the last and now, podcast. And you'll remember that and you'll forget all the times you got it yeah. wrong and think you have some kind yeah. of idiot savantability. Totally. Nostradamus. I feel like complete football. justification of the whole predictions Brilliant. game. Okay. And I predicted, not only did I predict the correct score, 3-2, so I said that it would be a her- harem scarum helter skelter game. Isn't and that intrinsic in a 3-2? Kind of. But I think it was. So that's the most important thing that happened yesterday's game. Carry on about the wedding proposal. The wedding proposal, for those who may not follow it, because I presume only the people at the actual game. Did you notice this, Tim? I did actually hear them doing it as I was heading up the steps to pay for a drink. Uh, I decided not to turn back. I assume that she said yes. So no, it was a her asking him. Yeah, did you see it? I did, I saw the whole thing. What did you make of it? I really don't want to say on a podcast because I've got a lot of private feelings about it, but I think it'd be cruel to express them. <laughs> All right, well, I, I respect uh, your restraint there. It, it, it almost looked like staged in that it was so awkward. Right. In that this woman sort of asked the guy, the guy looked like he didn't want to be there. I don't think the guy was, a, I don't know if he was an, even an Arsenal fan, he looked just it unhappy. set up by the Capital FM breakfast show. By Roman. Well, uh, and Roman couldn't be bothered to turn up. Roman was on the bloody yeah, screen. Yeah, on the screen. Why couldn't Roman have turned up and done it? Too busy now after he's all He's probably been paid gazillions to do some kind of uh, thing. But <laughs> Come was, on, tell him. We want to know what you thought about it. was some sort of trick, I think. It was established as like a prize in the Capital FM radio show oh. right? but then there was a quick reveal when the woman of the piece said oh it's actually not a capital fm prize actually your prize is a life with me <laughs> and he sort of he didn't look surprised enough did he he also looked a bit like he was going to cry but he said yes but he was just confused like yeah i didn't expect uh, and then and literally then the crowd ahead of her like yeah the or the audible just like apathy from the crowd was like it was such an English response, man. People like started talking over it. It's like, how do you feel? And I, no one cares anymore. It was like, we just want to see the kids score penalties against the dinosaur, please. Don't stop getting married. So this is why people pitch. on Twitter today were asking if they were still together. There was clearly yeah. a vibe that this might not really have worked. Right. <laughs> Does he support Tottenham or something? Is it like, why did he? He just didn't want to be there, man. It was like I felt for Nigel Mitchell. I mean, yeah. Nigel sometimes gets an ex-player who doesn't give him a lot to work with. But mm. This was got to be the hardest gig he's ever had at half-time. Yeah. You know, that first question, you know, how are you feeling? Got nothing. You know, how got long have nothing. you been together? Oh my God, got I can't very little bear more. It. Yeah. Oh, I'm so was... glad I didn't Well, there's an this. obvious way out. She should marry Gunnosaurus. <laughs> true, yeah. <laughs> Gunnosaurus may be taken for all you're ready for. I think know. there's more Mrs. than one Gunnosaurus, Gunnosaurus you know. Cause someone, um, well, you'd hope so. I think there's two because he's definitely been seen on, like, because you can rent him now for like a bar mitzvah or yeah. a wedding. You he can have Gunnosaurus turn up. He comes up. up to the Diamond Club and gives you a hug. Is that right? If you pay it. Or just for no, free. Well, if you're in Diamond Club, pay, oh, no, it's part of the deal. Right. You've paid a lot to get in there. Yeah. <laughs> how much can We don't get him in club level, by the way. Can I saw us on the podcast? That would be amazing. Together. Did you see the brilliant Inside Number Nine episode about the referee? The foot? Did you see that? Tom? I haven't seen it. It's because so one of the yeah, characters. There's only like four or five characters, and it's basically the referee's assistants, a footballer, and the and their version of Gunnosaurus, of a man in a, in one of those costumes, and it's really interesting yeah. and perceptive about the man. I feel whose job it is to wear a costume mm. like that. Anyway, um, the other really important thing about yesterday was um, was of the haircut of Mustafi. Oh yeah, yeah. The, well, the, the 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 dye job, right? Did you see when I had my silver hair? 
I had my hair silver. Yes. Like, yes. And I had to dye it back right. in January. Right. Because of, I had, we had a photo shoot, but it's really annoying. After Friday the finished filming, I was like, I've got my hair back. So I went silver exactly like Mustafi, and then I had to dye it back brown. So now the brown is slightly fading out. It's actually quite gingery. I'm basically slowly becoming a ginger person. But when I saw Mustafi yeah, with silver so, hair, yeah. his redemption was complete. Right. I, I mean, I, the last month, I don't know what Arteta has done to it, but it is incredible. These guys. Like, yeah. I, 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 he's, so, he's just so brave, and he's... I mean, he still does that thing when a man's running at him and he sort of runs away from him. He does it so consistently that I think that just must be how they defend now. Yeah. I think that, that's got to be... He did it again yesterday. Yeah, he did. And yeah. it was the only thing... Is he puts himself in for headers and he's an absolute monster, but he just does this weird thing where he lets people run for ages. However, the silver hair... Uh, I mean, it looks brilliant. You must have a special I, I, insight. Everyone, so what is yeah. the thinking behind the silver hair? Because you did it. It, looks, it looks baller. Right. <laughs> I mean, that is yeah. insight, basically. As it's they just say. A cool... Yeah. Have, you seen an, have, you seen, have you seen a Korean pop star? I mean, they've all got I cool have, yeah. silver hair. Yeah. And, uh, is that where it comes... That's what the origination of it, you think? Uh, I think it is, like, yeah. manga like and K-pop sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I, I really yeah. liked it. Yeah. it, it and it, it doesn't look as matte. It's quite a cool colour to dye in yeah. there, because I've done it, like, blonde and pink before, and people just think... Pink? Yeah. Okay. People obviously immediately go, that's quite gay, right? Which, you know, nothing wrong with being gay, but I... I, I it's annoying to get... I, yeah. I just like the colour pink. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, that is the reaction everyone gets. When, when you go silver, everyone goes, oh, quite refined, quite a sort of silver fox look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I'm happy to project, project myself as any sexuality, yeah. but I suppose uh, I am not a homosexual and no. I'd rather be perceived as like an old yeah. sexy boss. You want to identify as yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old sexy boss, is yeah. that the look? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. It sort of really does age you up in quite a funky way. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But people around me were giving Mustafi a lot of shit for his hair, but luckily not for his defending, did, which did was exemplary. Did you see someone reckons they found, I don't know if it's silver or grey hair, in Mikel Arteta's? Really? Oh, yeah, there was... What do you mean? Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying that in that incredible, like, thing, which is like the Lego-style black hair mass yeah. that is partly a very famous look, that there's some grey coming through. I have that? been told oh, that there, there, sure. there was a grey thing coming through. Di- now, out already. he is clearly yeah. going to be totally silver fox grey within a year because he's managing people yeah. like Mustafi. Yeah. But he, he's, he's already, he's already yeah, he must be dying because it's so doubt. black. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like shoe polish. Are you sure? It maybe I think it might have been a reflection. You know, it could have been, especially because I've noticed this in UHD when you watch an ultra, ultra high definition, as obviously I do. Mm. Um, there's We're, weird things happen with with people's hair because it's such high definition. You can almost like the glistening bits of people's mm. hair. And it comes looks a bit silvery sometimes. I wonder. I wonder whether he's. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure he's got a full time hair maintenance person mm. who is dealing with that black. We'll have to see what he does if it rains. We will, yeah. That's true. That's very true. Now we should talk about the game, I guess. Tom, um, was it like because it was like it was an incredibly entertaining game. Mm. Uh, also, unbelievably excruciating. I found the whole second half when we were, once we scored that the third goal when they were hanging on for dear life because we had, just gave them complete ownership we gave, of the yeah, left flank, pretty much. Um, and also, I think in the stats, like they had way more shots than we did. Yep. I think they had one more shot on target than we did. And and it, so, did you say we were lucky? Do you think we were lucky, or do you think this is evidence of that general change in how brilliant we are? Would I say we were lucky? Uh, no, I don't think that was my perception of the game. I, I think we were pretty unfortunate to be going in a half-time uh, drawing. I felt like we dominated the game and they got a couple of sort of pretty lucky, scrappy set-piece goals. Uh, and therefore, our kind of patterns of play were definitely superior to them. I think towards the end of the game, they did come into it uh, more as any team that is chasing a goal to equalise will do. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think we sort of went quite resolutely 4-5-1 for the last like 10 to 15 minutes, uh, kind of inviting them on because yeah. uh, Arteta could sense that they were going wave and wave. But no, I didn't really feel like we were particularly lucky to get that result. I thought it's just an amazing game of two really good teams going at it and we yeah. played the better attacking football ultimately. I think I agree with that. I think it was pretty because because also the, the stats in a way once once you do go three two three two up they're obviously going to be uh, trying to attack us more and more and we we did get knackered. I feel like they worked so hard. Like mm. he, Arteta afterwards said, you know, like four three or four players. They played on Thursday. Yeah, they I played mean, on Thursday. That's going to be a big factor, right? And a lot of the same team for the next plays. few weeks. Yeah. We, we're going to play Thursday almost every week. We are, yeah. Now um, and considering that, I, I thought they can't still manage to can't come through like quite boldly and just kind of you know even fighting through the cramp and all of that to, to kind of they were quite both, heroically not concede that third goal they, they were that, both lucky but you make your own luck yeah. and they're working so much harder aren't they yeah six weeks ago that arsenal team would have let in a third goal i think so i know I, exactly i think they, they would i don't think they've got that i feel there's something about arteta that has roused them into a kind of the the, the big issue of the mental strength thing that went on and on and on through the late mm. Wenger period, all the way through to, to kind of the last couple of months, I feel he's actually, it seems like he's dealt with it. It's like he's got somehow got them thinking 
believing they can win games when we used to lose or draw them, mm. that we're not going to go collapse after going one nil down in the first 30 seconds. It's, that's almost like the most incredible achievement, I think. And it's like seems to have spread through the whole team. The crap defenders that, you know, somehow become all right and Xhaka somehow become oh, fine, even good. Like Xhaka had incredible figures yesterday. Is it this point, I don't know, I find it quite annoying that you don't really get much of an insight into what has changed in the training ground. Like, yeah. I understand that he's changed the mentality around the place where the whole squad now feels like they could play and uh, there isn't really a first 11. Like, everyone, and the whole, like, attitude of it, if you're a bit of a prick, you just get dropped for a yeah. game. Yeah. And, and, like, there's a team spirit there. But what in the coaching can be so different to what Emery yeah. was doing, to what Arteta's doing, <laughs> to make these defenders... Th- like just play as a cohesive I, I, I just love to know that yeah, as, same, as yeah. someone who's not in football yeah it's almost a shame isn't it they're not being filmed for the uh, all or nothing series on Amazon Prime no, it's much funnier I, watching well, Tottenham but like, I think there's an intensity to the setup, and it's only marginal differences you only need to be 2-3% better than you were before at that level for mm. it to show through mm. and in our own if you think in our own lives how a boss that you like and a boss that you don't like, or an agent, or whatever, and you mm. just make that slight bit more effort, and I think that that's what's going on. Perhaps the most revealing thing yesterday was what happened afterwards. Did you see afterwards that not only did they, they've they've been coming out to warm down for a long time, oh yeah, had them but training. the warm down was yeah. a proper training session yeah, using did, yeah. cardboard cutout players. Yeah, that's and, incredible. And that's quite pep and yeah, quite very set pep. up. But that's just to me yeah. an, an, another little clue of the sort of yeah. increased intensity and focus and I think he's also got clearly got some good man management with them that might just help that the last bloke couldn't really speak to them well I think what the hell was he saying right I think that is a (laughs) thing but I think this is an advancement over I'm not saying this to arouse a provocative debate but I think over late Wenger as well I think like you know I feel like he's he's doing something that wasn't happening then at all I mean now defense has been shit for for years and years and years but the whole spirit and the mental strength thing seems to be working, but I do think the communication thing, because in the, I think it was in the, after the, um, what was the last, the, after the Newcastle game, maybe there was, Obama Yang gave an interview I saw on TV and we, where he basically said that we didn't used to understand what we were supposed to do. I mean, he kind of come out and said that. Well, a few of them, David Luiz has said similar yeah. in a couple of interviews. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, and I, and I don't think, I think we went from, Wenger just kind of sending them out and going, well, everything will be fine. <laughs> You know, to, you're all wonderful people be yeah, creative just be great <laughs> to then Emery kind of just not being just being so confusing I mean he was I think he confused himself you know uh, mm. you know, and confused fans confused the players to a clarity there's a clarity now isn't there I think it's so kind of impressive so even when even when they get knackered there's still like a shape and, clar- and, and there's a clear purpose and way they should be playing and it, and it feels slightly more to your point about I think I think our our um, shape and everything felt slightly more sophisticated than theirs and more adaptable than Everton. So I think that's partly why we won as well. That, you know, there was just there were just better attacking formations and playing between the lines and all of that stuff that we didn't used to say that until, you know, recent years. But whatever that means, we were doing it yesterday. And I thought that was really good. Josh? The confidence has got to be a huge thing. One thing, obviously, I talked to a lot of former players. I just can't underestimate that when there is, you know, confidence around the place and belief in the manager and the supporters are with them. I think it's a cliche. Sometimes some supporters don't really believe it, like that they can have an impact. Like, you know, talking to some of the footballers who have probably been at clubs, let's say going through a relegation battle or, 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 you know, when a top team have had a disappointing season, playing in front of a crowd where you feel they're going to get on you the second there's a mistake. that's That's a horrible place. And the Emirates have become like that. It was tutting. It was this, you know, almost, um, you know, waiting for a goal to be conceded and to, to boo and to tut. And, the, you know, we're not talking a long time, but four months ago, they're getting booed off at half time. We're getting outplayed at home. So I just think suddenly there's a whole better feeling about the place and that raises people's yeah. performance. I think the 34 passes leading to the goal last week has really been important as well because I think now I feel like, certainly the people around me, uh, I feel are more patient about the passing back and around because we do a lot of that. Like, I think we do more of it than practically any other team I've ever seen. But when it might eventually lead to a goal, then you're like, all right, I'm not going to get impatient and start Yeah, tell, tell that to the guy behind me. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I had to audibly say, tell him to shut up. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't turn around and say it. I said it when I was looking forward, so he didn't, oh, wasn't completely but, uh, sure that I was talking to him. Uh, right. Maybe that the person next to me was saying something idiotic. But, like, but did uh, he shut up? He did immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think he did, he did realise that you are correct because yeah. he is now a lone voice as opposed to a sort of collection of voices yeah. bemoaning passing in the Premier League. <laughs> it's incredible. But we were doing a lot of that like a couple of months ago yeah, and it wasn't going it. anywhere. I get, yeah, yeah, yeah. It has, it's, just, it's just like another change, isn't it, that you feel now 
they're either doing it to conserve energy sometimes, which I think is also the right mm. thing to do, or it might actually lead to a goal and nearly leads to a goal quite a few times when they're just keeping the ball and finding the moment. Isn't it funny? I mean, our best passer, arguably on a par with Ozil, is our centre-back. I mean, isn't that yes. like ridiculous? Yeah, it's a wonderful ball. But he, like, five or six yesterday is just, like, yeah. absolutely mind-blowing, like, yeah. bullets across the pitch right someone's foot. You're like, what? Why did he learn to do that? What? Yeah. Like, well, I, remember, I remember being told that. Madman has gone, right, you, you need to go and work out how to pass. I remember it's, when we bought him, like, all, some people were saying, oh, his distribution is incredible. Yeah. And I remember thinking, well, we're not seeing much of that either. I mean, we had some quite bad defending in his early day, Emery days. And he'd try, wouldn't he? But now I think it seems. Does, and what I like about him is that Louise we're talking about, by the way, I don't think we've even named him. Yeah. <laughs> that that um, he was other Brazilians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He tries, he's constantly trying that really long ball to the front. And half the time it doesn't work, but it doesn't stop him. And clearly Arteta's like not telling him to stop either. And it's like, because it's some, because it, I mean, it worked obviously yesterday and it's worked quite a few times. And he's brilliant at it and he won't let it stop him that he, he's not going to work every single time. Like when there's quite windy in the windy games, you know, you think, oh, is he still doing this? But it's still worth doing it because, you know, half the time it's going to work. It's a high value, you know. High it, value, that's the phrase. Value, but also, <laughs> just talking phrase. about him being able to ping a ball like Thomas, just putting balls in the right area to, to yeah. get you know someone on the wing onto it. It's, it's, it's a huge talent to to have a centre back who is capable of, of those kind of passing is, is you know pretty special. You know, yeah. we haven't really had that. Even Mustafi, I think, is getting encouraged. He's trying a few. Um, so yeah, massively encouraging. Although yesterday there were defensive frailties. You, you have to. There were, out, yeah, there were. You know, to, to concede both both goals probably issues with him I'd say I feel like Mustafi has improved but he can't grow and Everton are just a team of giants <laughs> they were Mustafi's so big like my height or something yeah those, those goals just came from literally that they yeah they're huge like aren't they another yeah. head on top of their actual heads that they could just nod the ball with <laughs> yeah. and then poor old Burnt Burnt's been amazing he has and then he just had a bit of a I mean as you would get scared wouldn't you if there was a big Richarlison in front of you trying yeah. to kick you or whatever yeah. like that was a bit of an error but I thought again he was apart from that like, brilliant he made loads he's just there's something I, I don't want to say it because it's jinx and I hate jinxing people, but he does seem so like dependable and assured in a way that we haven't yeah. had for a while. Yeah. But th- this now, this uh, 100%, he's, he's dependable. We've actually got a relatively, you know, now we know, at least you know who your two centre-backs are. We're so much for this season. It's been chop, change, chop, mm. change. Yeah. So at least having like the, the core two centre-backs, he's just, he's gone with it, hasn't he? He's, he's, he played Socrates for a bit and now he seems to be, yeah. be confident. No, these are my two. Yeah, which is, that is good. But it's felt like under Emery, it hasn't ever really. We haven't had that. No, not at all. And I think even even because there were like mistakes, but you know the first minute goal, you think, well, that caught us. You could almost, I could almost, I I'd, I can understand that more than a you know a goal in the middle of the half that scored in that way. And he, and and the goalkeeper it was a goalkeeper. I think like you know nine times out of ten <laughs> he would was. have just he would have done something to keep <clears> that out. And yeah. it was very out of character. But it's, then he completely won it, turned it around by making so many saves in the second half that saved that literally saved the. He did talk about it when he came as well yeah. how you, goalkeepers get no protection in our league and it's yeah. clearly an issue or especially in our team and he <laughs> sort of got over it a bit with corners and stuff because well, I remember when he first came he was clearly scared of people and in that instance he is just justifiably scared like you do forget that these are people yeah and in other leagues, you don't get big, scary people jumping in with such ferocity because yeah. they'll probably get a red card if they get it wrong. Whereas in our league, we'll just be like, oh, whatever, get on with it. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, I think he, you know he'll grow and he'll probably somehow be less scared in the future because mm. the other parts of his game where he was clearly a bit frightened of big Premier League people, he's got, he's got over now. Yeah. I, he's just been brilliant for me. I really Incredible, like this yeah. guy. What do you think of the Richarlison kind of possible red card that was a yellow card I think what, seeing it live I thought oh that looks like it should be a red card but then when you watch I watched it back then if you watched it back it seemed it seemed fair didn't it that, I think that was a yellow yeah. card yeah yeah. and what did you for me I mean it was, there was a turning point wasn't there which was unfortunately when our first choice in the game yesterday left, um, back. left back went off injured mm. I know it's kind of unpleasant what's to say what's happened it. to him by the way is he, I think he, like he was, did the same thing as Tierney uh, yeah the way he went bad? up when they do that yeah. with the shoulder it was very tense like three months there I haven't, I haven't seen it. haven't said, yet. No, no, haven't said yeah. yet. no, but it looked bad, didn't it? It did look bad. So I really yeah. feel sorry for him on both. I mean, a, he's it been injured. as bad as an injury to Kalasnach can look. Yeah, I mean, he, he makes a... no facial expression. Yeah. He's, still, he's so hard. I mean, he takes on people with knives just yeah. with, with his hands. But it did. <laughs> there's a bloke holding his shoulder up, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. It was weird. Yeah, he's a, and he's a beast. But <laughs> that was the turning point, wasn't it? Saka coming yeah. on. I don't want to be horrible, but you could feel like that the crowd lifted. Yeah. A, the crowd lifted. What? 
Because oh, we love Saka so, so nice much. Seeing him put it across to Enketia like it was out of the under 18. He whatever. is an and their, unbelievable player. understanding player. was just like. Yeah. So is this sweet. the first time that we've had one of these academy kids in the last couple of years actually come into the team and go, yeah, he is going to be here for the next couple of years? Because you've had Nelson. Well, if you signed him up, yeah. He, well, well, they, they've yeah. got to do that. A player earning less in a year than Meza Ozil earns in a week and yet has more goals and assists than Meza Ozil this season. Yeah, well, that's well, way more. I mean, in the has way more goals assists than any, I, more assists than I mean, any other I, player. I mean, I hope, uh, you know, Mikel Arteta is giving him like extra, you know, praise, pats on the back, love, <laughs> yeah, everything. Because sure. I think the biggest single factor in the upturn is his form. Yeah, I think so. It, oh, it's yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. And I don't want to jinx him, but that's that's a world-class kid. Yeah. That well, he is going yeah. right to the 100%. top. It's it unbelievable. He's close to player of the season for Arsenal. He's an 18-year-old. Didn't you think, you know that time when he was trying to play a cross-field ball and he played it with his right foot and it was really bad and it put them on an attack? Yeah, I felt that he looked like a real young player after that because I think he completely lost his confidence for like 15 minutes. He actually made quite a lot of defensive errors yesterday. Yeah. But he kick-started Arsenal into the game with that mm. amazing cross. The guy's amazing. And I'm, I actually, I'm not having a go, but I just thought it was interesting. You could tell he was a young player then because yeah. he just had a real bad patch and, and it was like, oh. I think it was wise that he wasn't started because I think at that age they do get mentally yeah, burnt can't play out and they need game. a bit of a rest and yeah. they can't play every game. Yeah. So I think that was good management, but obviously he was then needed. And, you know, if he, you know, such a difference to get a goal back relatively quickly when we were looking poor. Completely. But what a talent. He's incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, we should talk, we should have a break. We'll talk more about the uh, game yesterday and Tim's controversial views on VAR. They're not controversial. They are. <laughs> After this break. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back from the break. Um, let's talk about Tim's controversial views on VAR, which I can see. So, as I understand it, I was reading your tweets uh, yesterday, and people were talking about VAR. I mean, we have to... It, uh, My I, timeline's exploded on it today. Oh, well, there you go. That's how controversial they were, Tim. I think you'll find. Um, is that you think... Because a lot of people are saying, after it was the worst weekend yet for VAR. We were, Actually, our game yesterday was fine, wasn't it? I don't think there was anything particularly, was Well, there? it did ruin the first... Well, ruin is the interesting word, but the proposition I'll make is the number one problem with it mm. which even if you improve it and i love the way people come up with ideas to improve it it's only going to make it even worse yeah. we'll come back to that but it's killed the spontaneity it's killed the flow of the game but it's killed yeah. it's killed that absolutely magic moment what like limbs as it's now called of a goal goes in and you know it's a goal the first everton goal was checked mm. um and yeah. their fans had to kind of celebrate twice but neither celebration is quite like that magic one that, oh sure that is my Oh, sure. Fundamental gripe. Oh, no, it. that I agree with. No, the, oh, okay. The thing I'm going to pick, I was picking up on, because I totally agree with all of that. I, I think I should dish it now. Get for, it's been a fucking disaster and I'd happily get rid of it. But no, what I thought was interesting was when you were saying that, because people were saying, if only they get the referees to look at the monitor themselves. This is the thing that a lot of people were saying. Let me, right? Let me, but like they did in the World Cup, right? So that's when we first saw it, it was in the World Cup, and, the, and they were always looking at the bloody monitor. Now, you said, I think I quote is, it adds like 18 seconds to the decision or whatever. Then what are people going to do? They're going to start knitting. I'm, I feel like, right? They've got this whole discussion about people start talking about knitting during the game. Well, but I think, I mean, I think we should get rid of it. But if they're not going to get rid of it, then at least encourage the referee. Like yesterday, if the referee goes to the monitor to look at the Richarlison foul, for example, then I feel everyone feels like they know what's going on more than just this mysterious mystique about the whole thing. I see the appeal. I guarantee you it would be just as hated very quickly. The 16 seconds, is, I don't know whether the stat is 16. correct or not, that comes yeah. from Rafa. Right. That's his view. Remember, it's 16 on top of what you get now. But what I don't know is how he's comparing that because how does he know what would have happened if you didn't have what happened now? Right. Anyway, referee has to go over to pitch side monitor. Clearly takes longer. You can then get has rid of that with some Google Glasses. Well, yes, maybe. Google Glasses. In, in rugby, of course, in the big stadia, they don't have to run anywhere because they look at it up on a big screen or they are talking to someone. There are different ways of doing it. But it's only going to add delay in. And at the moment, we might as well take our knitting or good book because we don't get to see any of that right. in but, the stadium. But my argument is at the moment it already takes a long time. I mean, it completely varies, doesn't it? Sometimes it takes 10 seconds mm. like after the, they check the Everton goal yeah, pretty I'm quickly. I'm not defending the status quo. No, I know, I know. <laughs> I know you're not. But, what, but my argument is is that they're not getting rid of it, are they? In reality, it is here to stay, right? 
And bearing well, that in mind, if you, if you, I don't think, I think realistically, they're not going to fucking get rid of. They invested so much in it, and it's such a thing. They have to encourage the, the referee to look at the fucking monitor because it's ridiculous. But, it's, but, it adds another. But let me give you the other bigger problem yeah. than the time delay. It's all very well saying the referee goes to the monitor, but who decides that he goes to the monitor? Well, he should. That, Oh, so so is he? For example, like in the there was a game that clearly the referee didn't see the ins- oh the um the Lo Celso that game. But right? before we know he it, he was looked very far away from the incident. And fair enough, he should have fucking looked at that monitor and before, sent him off. But before we know it, they'll become risk averse because they get criticism, and they'll be trotting over to the monitor ten times a game. But I'd rather that than be risk averse. I think at the moment, well, you might you'll be knitting a whole jumper every game. But at the moment, <laughs> we're in this ridiculous catch twenty two, Tom. I feel where. The referees are clearly, either consciously or subconsciously, not making certain decisions, like the Lo Celso sending off, aware in the back of their mind that it will be checked by the doofuses at Stockley Park, and yet you've got the Stockley Park people going, oh no, I don't want to um, take the power away from the referees. And that's what the bloody system hellish. does. Yeah, but at least if you encourage the referee to check the thing, then at least you haven't got that whole hellish catch-22. Tom, what do you think, or do you not care? I certainly care. I mean, my only real assessment of it um, seems to be... You know, in a line with what you say, taking responsibility away from the referees is uh, a negative thing. And actually, mm. we are seeing them kind of not owning the refereeing of a game to yeah. an extent. And what you want them is to take responsibility. And that's why people clamor for them to go to the screens and make the decision. What I find weird uh, is that they don't do the thing that they do in cricket, where the ruling on the field, uh, as made when the, when it's going on, yeah. has a a, 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 a primary... Um, relation to the decision when it's made. So these like very very close offside calls, where mm. it's literally like a computer line. Yeah. It should just be what the Leonsman gave at the time is what we go with. The ruling on the field stands. Right. And therefore we have to overturn like a decision. And but there is a kind of weight given to what the referee gave in the time. So when it's hit the bloke's shoulder and it's like oh, you've yeah. got to watch it four times <laughs> to work out. Forget watching it four times. If it's not obvious on one replay. You just go with the ruling on the field. And that right, will get rid of a lot of the time delays and also give the referees like a, a power and a responsibility yeah. that they're so far currently being... And I don't know why we don't talk about well, that. Didn't, well, at the start of it, it was the, 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 this, this phrase, clear and obvious error, was yeah, the thing. And now that seems to have completely ignored. gone by That's the way. But, but because... And, let's go back to basics. Because it's complete bollocks. Because the whole concept of clear and obvious error doesn't work in a subjective sport. Yeah, it's vague. But what isn't vague is what the decision that the referee made at the time. Yeah, yeah, so I agree with cricket, In cricket, I know the, I know the GOS really well because I work in cricket. Every single decision they are checking is factual. What's interesting with VAR, the one thing that VAR is getting right, every single decision is offside because it's factual. And when I hear people saying, oh, give it a four inches margin of error, well, should we introduce that for goal line technology as well? <laughs> if it's almost over the line, let's call it a goal anyway. No, but Why no, not? No, no, but no, hold on. Isn't there a difference? Because the... the, um, the, the, the the lines the being drawn on the things yeah. are not are not 100% scientifically yeah, yeah, accurate, yeah. are they? Oh, so... But at least they are the same for everyone. But, like, that ridiculous... Yeah, that ridiculous on. proposal. And people think that I love to have a dig at him. And I know I what you're going to say. I love to bat him. But Arsene Wenger, all he wanted to do was move the offside controversy by four inches. You'd still get the argument. You'd just get it kind of four inches along. But he's saying, no, no. To be fair to Wenger, he's saying... He's That'd not be saying, a first of you, Boyd. I'm very kind of you. Outrageous. I've always been... People forget. I was fucking sitting up for Wenger seven years ago when Actually, we first started this podcast. Until you broke. Him. Just when you exactly. broke, you really broke. You got broke. Everyone broke. <laughs> Everyone broke apart from Josh. Anyway, let's not retread that old ground. Anyway, but he, what he seems to be saying was, why don't we change the rule, the offside rule, so that if any part of your body is onside, it's onside. That's what he was saying, wasn't it? That's yeah, but you'd still then have exactly the same debate because it would just be that you're putting the line in a different place with where the body is. And this is what I hate. A game that has done pretty well for 150 years, that's become the dominant, wonderful, vibrant, spontaneous, free-flowing game that we all loved. And now they're talking about rewriting the rules of that game to fit some fucking technology. Put it in the bin. Yeah. Be adults. Yeah. Realise that we that 25 people go on a football pitch at the start of a game. The, the players from each team, the referee and two assistants, all 25 will make errors during yeah, the match. You, yeah. They're not corrupt. They're mm. not hugely, you know, yeah. incompetent. They make errors and let's just live with it. And I just hate what's done in the stadium because you do not celebrate goals like you did. Well, you, you do what you do in cricket, which is you, yeah, you, kind you of sort go, of celebrate. You go, oh, what's VAR going to make of No, that? I think it's like two stages, isn't it? Because, I mean, we experienced yesterday. I think, you know, when we scored the, the our goals, like the third one, I, you know, 
everyone goes incredibly excited and you celebrate massively but then you kind of go oh, wait a minute now they, is VR going to check it now we have to calm down well, a bit first so it's like, like, then are you they outside you right, right, you right. you've watched it like, I think lying. you still I mean I agree I, I would get rid of it absolutely tomorrow 100% but the one the other thing that people say about it is that you know why aren't they showing all the so Gary Neville was talking yesterday when I watched the game back as I do about how they get all the all the communication between Stockley Park yeah. and the refs everything all going on they can hear, listen to it all like apparently they go they chatter all the way through the whole fucking game well so <laughs> back to our mate Arsene Wenger yeah. it's a FIFA IFAB rule that we're not allowed to right. see or hear ah, that so the Premier League I know. have no choice I agree, I know. But what I'm saying is, when people say you should show it on the big screen, you should show what's going on, they're never going to do that, are they? Well, because, they're going to have to. What? I think in time they'll have but to. What, but what do you do with Liverpool, man? You haven't got fucking well, big screens. Well, then they'll have to put them in. Well, so what? Who's going to pay? Who's going to force them to pay? For well, they, they I was, mean, it's, you know, they it's was, weird. Though, we're, we're, so you're bemoaning technology in the game, but you think every ground has to have a big no, screen well, in it. If VAR is genuinely going to stay, and I probably... Um, reluctantly agree with Boyd that they put all the money in it and the pride and everything else it will stay you cannot have a situation where us the match paying fan is treated as as as, as with contempt we know we're buying these tickets we sit there for one minute two minute three minutes not having a clue if they're going to oh, yeah, keep sure. it, we have got to see what, I don't what, think what they're hearing it is and on the screens. I, I believe that's probably where we'll end up. And if you think about no, it, that's think... what cricket, in ah, cricket and rugby, but it's different, you, isn't it? You, you, follow, you follow it all. Sure, but it's different, isn't it? A, you've got the Man United the not having the big screens problem at two of the biggest clubs in the world. And B, B, even more importantly, and this is what they can't say, no one can say this, but it's the case, isn't it? Football fans are not trusted to be calm enough to deal with well, this shit. The reason we the, are football fans are still regarded as potential, and I think you know, I mean, with some justification, because you do. Some fans are moronic and get hysterical about the, every single decision that gets made. So if you could actually, if you if you're watching this stuff, they don't trust us to be able to deal with this that, stuff. That's why. But, that's why right. the decision but is there. Is like, but it's complete fucking bollocks. <laughs> First know, of all, it patronises us. Of course. But more importantly. If VAR is this wonderful thing that people are still trying to convince me and it's going to get the decision correct, people aren't going to riot at watching the correct decision being made. And Some and of it's subjective. But, but it's not correct decision, is it, half the time? They are going to riot if they see a wrong decision. If you, if you well, had the Lascelles foul, hold on, one quick point. Now, if, you, if you saw that foul and it's not been given as a red card, then I think the fans would riot if we, they saw yeah, it. but we see it all live anyway and we see wrong decisions yeah, made. Well, no, do you think no, it's no. different because you think we get it reinforced? Yeah, you see yeah. a big close-up of an obvious red card. It's then not yeah, given. But all hell breaks loose. That's Honestly, they're never going to trust football fans. They don't trust us with hardly anything as it is to be able to deal with VAR repeatedly on a huge screen and being fucking it up in front so of our what, very eyes. What will be the point going forward in us buying tickets and going to the game? Hey, Tim, I'm with you. I would, I'd say I would scrap it, but I don't think there's any changing of it to, to sort it out. That's, that's why I would scrap it tomorrow. Josh? I definitely remember hearing someone speak about deciding what replays would be shown in the stadium. Even at Highbury, you think about that. Oh, yeah. They'd never show you. No, you're not allowed yeah. to show controversy. Even things. if there was a penalty awarded no, no, for the opposition, you'd never see yeah, that's the right. tackle that would be committed to we give that We are not that, trusted that to, to deal with it, right, of course. But in some ways, but then I remember hearing, I can't remember which club it was, but someone talking about how actually they took a view that if they could start showing things that would get the crowd like, you know, on top of it, you could influence a referee by showing potentially well, a decision they've anyway. got wrong. So there just needs we, to be consistency. To, I mean, when there was some sort of spirit to us all, we used to do things like red, 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 or off, off, off. Yeah. You know, we've been trying to influence referees yeah, for hundreds of years. A lot of people were shouting off. No, it's right. not where you've got someone at the club in their edit suite going, well, they fucked that one up, so we'll make sure we show that, because they're going to have in their mind then, they've got to even it up. Well, what Arsenal are supposedly doing now, and I had chatted to Vinay about this, yeah. after the... Um, Palace game where there were some big VAR decisions but you know I didn't get so much involved in the issue about whether it was right or wrong but what I said to him was in the stadium we didn't even see it afterwards supposedly at Arsenal now we won't see a VAR review as live but if a decision is changed we will then see it put up on the big screen but the proof will be in the pudding of when it happens and he agrees with the proposition I've put to him, that that's still not good enough because they might have taken three minutes to reach that decision. And what do we do? Back to my, we do the knitting for three minutes or or take a book with us for all the breaks. And next season, it will be like that, boy, because if they introduce the monitors, the referees will be at them a lot. I know, but I'd rather... The risk will be that they'll... (laughs) Arsenal are playing Spurs... And he'll trot over to the monitor for a Harry Kane penalty. He won't trot over to the monitor 
for uh, Omian penalty, and he'll be up in arms about why he chose to go for one and not the other. I still think in the World Cup, do you remember, Ty? I thought it was in the World Cup, I generally felt it felt like it wasn't such a huge problem because they were going to the It Masters. ruined both finals, both for men's and women's. <laughs> fin- yeah, remember that, that, the so called handball that France got? Right. We played and we played. Because it's a World Cup and it's a long way away mm. and you're watching on television, you, you go and watch that final again, the, pe- oh. the so called penalty that France were given, and the women's World Cup was even worse. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of, to be honest, there were a lot of VAR complaints after the Women's World Cup. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Would you get rid of it tomorrow, Tom? Um, no, absolutely not. No. I think, uh, as someone who is rankled by injustice generally, I think it definitely <laughs> gets rid of um, some of the injustice. You in our game. I, think, <laughs> I think a lot of the, the players seem to think likewise. Like there's a bit of an entitlement to think that this game is just for us. Uh, I think the managers and the players are generally only, supporting. But then you think that it actually only increases the sense of injustice and this was something you can go back I was saying this before it even came in because now we can get very frustrated when the referee makes the wrong decision but if he's making it if you like at pace an honest decision in the speed of play that actually rankles less than when they look at it at two minutes on VAR and you think they've got the wrong decision that's when people are are convinced that like the the KGB are actually in there influencing it all goals that didn't cross the line or those that was the ones those are the ones that have been historically like absolutely yeah that was the one and that's a threat that's a threat because that's factual I don't don't say get rid of that because that's clearly so great and factual but to me subjective decisions going up to a TV studio yeah. only increases the paranoia. I agree. But I also think that I think your injustice point is right in theory, but in practice it hasn't done that, has it? There's still injustices every fucking week. Like this week, clearly. Yeah, there's, there's fewer. Do you think? I don't know if there are. I mean, maybe. I don't yeah, know. But, almost and again, and, and this, this, I know this is sort of count, slightly counterintuitive, but if there's sort of fewer, they only become even bigger well, that, that in their impact. Perhaps depends more on your philosophy on life than it does uh, <laughs> the, the British English Premier League. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I just like seeing a uh, referee being supported with technology. Uh, and I mean, as I say, I, I, I feel like they, they, their power has been taken away from them in a way that is not necessarily beneficial. But I, I think we should just try and uh, enhance what we have as opposed to, to binning it. Okay. Back to the back to the actual Arsenal. Do, how brilliant was fucking Aubameyang yesterday? Like, I think well, I, when is he not? This guy. Well, this but guy was, is an absolute completely. machine. But what I was going to say was a lot of people have been banging on about how if you stick <laughs> him out wide, right, that it's not his best position and yeah. it's ruining it. But I feel for me like yesterday, you like put, you put him in goal, he gets ten goals a season. This guy's an absolute exactly. amazing. So, but for me, like, that is the justification. How many isn't goals it? do we have this season if he's not here? We're relegated, <laughs> aren't we? Yeah, I know it doesn't work like that. No, yeah, basically, yeah. It'd be, but what, what I mean is, I, I, for me, like, I totally see why Arteta is sticking with the playing him out wide thing because he's still, he's still making, playing, scoring that goals, and he's still bring brilliant. Yesterday, even more, I think he's growing into it. Like, I think he, mm. he is embracing because he's actually quite free, isn't he? Really, like, I know he's out wide a lot. But he also cuts in and, you know, he was kind of all over the place to stay in a good way and um, a constant threat and just defensively brilliant, tracking back and tackling. It was just unbelievable how brilliant he is, I just think. Playing for that contract in Madrid. Oh, cynical. <laughs> Do you think he will go? I still think, well, I said this last time, I think I he's going to name, name drop again. Raul Sinelli on Monday night to- told us, and, and this is club policy, or he didn't stick to it. Club policy, because they've had shockers over the last few years, yeah. is two years or less on the contract, yeah. you renew or you go. Okay. You're sold. So they've actually got some huge decisions coming because he'll have one year left. Right. So they actually broke that policy last summer. And Lacazette's got two years to go. Yeah. What would you do? <sighs> I, I'm, I, I know it sounds... I, I can't stop him going, man. Yang, I think he should go. He, he's carried us for the last few years. I think he wants to go to Real Madrid, let him go, man. Well, I think there could be value in actually breaking the rule and letting him play out that final year. I agree with that. Yeah, but compared, that. because yeah. here's the difference between fourth place and eighth place. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think which, so. Yeah. You know, is a and, also, <laughs> and how much are we going to get from realistically? Like, we're not going to get 100 million. No, are you, we? 30 million. Right. For 31 euros. 30, 40 30, million. I mean, what fuck difference does that make? Maybe 40. Oh, no. Maybe for, But I just think, no, keep him for another year. I agree totally. Because I still think next year, I think Champions League is realistic with him staying. And I know, like, we've got these great youngsters and everything, but they are young. Like, the Martinez of this world are young. I just feel it's his, he is so central. I think keep him and we'll, we'll get... Well, I'm sure that one of Lacazette or Aubameyang will have to go this summer. How much would we get for Lacazette, though? I don't think is we'd Lacazette get that much. He's younger. now as well. And no, he's just going, getting, like, work, like, let fewer and fewer goals, like, his approach plays. He's, he's like, I think he might be bad now. I, I think he was bad. He was bad, wasn't he, in, in the, like, three games ago. The, 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 I think last, when he scored, until he scored, he, he was quite bad. He scored against Newcastle. He scored against right Newcastle. When he one before. It. 
And yeah. then he obviously scored in a Olympiacos, but didn't have the best game. Yeah. Haven't mentioned Olympiacos. Yeah. I think he was still good, even when he even in this patch, dry patch, before he started scoring again. Like in, in the Emery period where he was still being picked. And he was he was I thought he was still gonna even in the early Arteta period, I think he was still he was still linking up play, I thought really well. And was still then he did, I think, go bad. I think he went bad. But I think mm. now it's slow I think he'll be real we'll bringing it back. For him to not oh, even get so. on yesterday, I thought it was an interesting kind of yeah, but, diamond of it. Obviously injury, he's had it? a left yeah. back injury and then he's got to change the midfield, yeah. but I think that was circumstance rather than, you know. I'm sure all oh, the other thing is it seems to be emerging like a, a a, a kind of a different Europa and league kind of team, doesn't it? Like, yeah. so he, unless you're the goalkeeper, mm. which is great. I'm fully in favour of that. Thank you for reminding me about that, Tim, because I've always thought it was ridiculous that Wenger didn't. Pick I was the strongest yeah, goalkeeper. Yeah, and What's Wenger, the fucking point. And the other thing that I just couldn't get my head round was why they paid, played Petr in the final. Yeah. last year because I'm like, if Burnt is our best goalkeeper, which he must be because he's playing all these crucial league games at the end of the season, why do you almost put up yeah. your less good goalkeeper? Who's about to join? Who's about? Well, added in. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Although it is interesting because I can see the case for giving your backup goalkeeper some match practice, and that's the injury that terrifies me at the moment for the running. What, Leno getting injured? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I I think he's so so over to us. And I don't think... Can you imagine if Mike has to come in and play the last 15 games of the season? Oh, don't say that. That's a kind of... He hasn't let us down, Massimo Martinez, when he's going to need the Europa League. But weren't you pleased that Bernd Leno started in the NPR course? Yeah. Yeah. You've already booked a hotel room from Gdansk. First five Gdansk. minutes he made like two saves yeah. in there. Well, of course. Yeah. You booked a hotel room in Gdansk out of the final, getting ready with that, boys? I haven't booked a hotel in Gdansk. Tim, Gdansk Tim's really. on it. Tim's booked yeah, a Tim's, hotel room. Tim's organised. Organised. No, but yeah. I just live this sad life where I do that every September. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah. it's cancelable, obviously. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, that's no, good. You can though. go and watch Inter Milan win the Europa League. That'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. Inter Milan against Wolves. Yeah. Be a fight for a ticket. It's such a poxy small ground. It's a small stadium. The other player I was going to mention was Ceballos. I thought he'd play really well. I thought he was potential. They picked like, that out on match for a day, didn't they? Yeah. Day, now, we don't want him to play too well. Why not? Because then he won't stay. Because mm. Madrid will take him back. Yeah, that's true. But equally, I mean, they'll either just take him back or not. And they, they won't. I mean, they but know how really good he is. Shot, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, I think we do want him to play. I, I think, do. I think, we do because we want to. I think we can come fifth. Maybe yes. play in the Champions Because I think there's a big difference between a Ceballos Xhaka midfield. Because Torreira is, is, is the one who's now, um, you know, because I love Torreira, but he's kind of being have to be sacrificed, isn't he? Because I think the one thing that we were missing was some incisive midfield play, some daring passing rather than, you know, and I think Tobias is doing that. Tobias and um, Ozil together as well. I never thought I'd see that, but I think it's working. I think like, you just got one slightly more creative player than our old midfield had for months and months and months. I think it's made quite a big difference. And I think it was definitely made a difference yesterday. We'll see all of them because I said, this huge run of fixtures, well, yeah. hopefully, because if we get to Gdansk, we play a lot of games. Yeah. We yeah. play a lot of games. But it's good, Tom, isn't it? That he's that he, there's, he has to rotate, doesn't he? Like I saw that team yesterday, and I thought on the one hand, I think, oh, you know, Martinelli wasn't even on the bench. It makes it really exciting as a fan. Yeah, because you know? I do think we've got a lot of exciting players, and seeing how they're all going to play together. I mean, like people like Joe Willock is like such an exciting, interesting prospect, but you you kind of you you see the difference in players so palpably in the way that Ozil sort of like. He doesn't have the physicality, but he's got the amazing sort of liquid touch and passes it around. And Willock's almost the opposite, and they play in the same position. And yeah, how that impacts, yeah. and um, and the same, yeah, with the way that Lacazette plays up top, or Anketia, who's like invisible the whole game, but then gets four chances. You're like, what? It's just it's whereas Lacazette spends the whole time backing into people. That, yeah. And it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm I'm finding it really fun at the moment. I suppose you're a bit worried about the right back situation as if Ainsley mm. Maitland-Niles just doesn't want to play there Cedric's going to get games isn't he yeah yeah I, I'm, I'm playing I'm, that level now where he's going to get Cedric opportunities people say it's because he's a vegan on Twitter <laughs> or whatever I think it might be more to do with the ACL injury that he yeah. had <laughs> there was a really good thing harsh. There, that, that was kale mate yeah probably the surgery uh, people are fucking morons yeah and, and being too fashionable <laughs> yeah. but there was a good thing about players recovering from ACL injuries wasn't there on The Athletic I think yeah I've done it twice have you yeah never really oh, recovered to be fair <laughs> <laughs> was was all right beforehand. Twice. Very bad at football. Playing football. Yeah. That yeah, is yeah. God, that is unfortunate. Trying to change direction. I thought I was better than I was. So you'd knew. know as much as anyone else. You'd know as much as Texas Bellerin. Yeah, I've not really done the painstaking <laughs> rehab required but to still, get back to Premier League. You football. don't just come back but and you're like cause it, th- that yeah, basically the thing with it is like you can have the musculature which which comes back by just doing normal yeah. leg weights, but your confidence 
on the joint itself, which is obviously really required during football, is gone. Yeah. And your proprioception is gone. So you don't really have a sense of where your body is. And that's what they talk about, like the milliseconds, you know, the, the differences yeah. between a that good pass and a bad pass. Your brain just is he's catching up with yourself the whole time. He was way off the pace yesterday. He was a bit off. I mean, he was the game before. It, so I still think it's worth you've got to persevere it, with it. Is it something that after 40 games... He can almost come through. Well, 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 or he has to adjust to not quite having that pace and that uh, movement. Uh, uh, I mean, someone like Pires did his ACO and came back to be, you know, as good a player, if not yeah. better. I, I think it is what you're talking about. Basically, you have to relearn how to use your leg. And so you kind of have to re inhabit your body essentially so he won't be you know there'll be certain things missing there'll be certain things he actually talked about it new about his leg he'll have new strengths he said he never used to shoot with his left foot or whatever now he can kind of do it a bit more but <laughs> it's it it, but precisely and it's <laughs> it, it, but it is that it's it's do you have the intelligence to kind of relearn how you're going to play football now you have this slightly new joint uh and you've got to assume he does so you just got to give him you know and holding time i think uh, but we don't necessarily have that time. I mean, if Ainsley Maitland-Niles doesn't want to play right back. <laughs> a guy called Joe, because um, uh, was it you who tweeted out yesterday if people had any questions for us um, for, the, for the podcast? Oh, anyway, yeah. what, someone what did, did someone say? Someone, Joe Arsenal, um, who is literally at Joe Arsenal underscore, tweeted to us saying, why is everyone losing their shit about Maitland-Niles? He came off the bench on Thursday and we can only name 18 in the squad, which is factually true. Holding and Martinelli also left out, also factually true. Seems odd to me that everyone has decided that Arteta has an issue with him with little evidence to suggest as much but there is a kind of like no a, he's there's him, a, he's not getting game time like he was that's a bit more going on there what do you think well it could just be that the manager doesn't think he quite fits what he wants he to made do a, he made I think the reason why people think there's more to him that is because he, he, um, there was an issue with Arteta I think after the break and before one of the games on Sky thing and he did say something like paraphrasing like Zaka, for example, was never meant to be a left-back and now his bottom is the greatest left-back in the world. And he was like, these things happen. Players who embrace the mm. opportunity, yeah, wherever yeah. I put them, are the ones I want. And I felt, that felt like, oh, well, like, I, unlike Ainsley Maitland-Niles. the comments just... that probably did him a huge disservice inside the squad and the setup and the mindset of people like Arteta will be, I'm not a right-back yeah. and I want to play there. Yeah. And whereas I mean, Arteta's made a point of saying that the Saka approach has been, yeah. it's not my natural position, but I'm doing everything I can to learn and flourish yeah. in it and yeah. deliver for the team. And I just think it all goes back to that. Yeah, it's been incredible. We've got Tierney. Think about Tierney. You could play them both. You have Saka left wing and Tierney left back or whatever. I mean, I guess so, yeah. Oh, yeah. That could well happen. Yeah, well it right must be too. weird for Tierney, Tierney watching this, though, mustn't it? Like, you know, we've invested this huge amount. He was a big star signing. Yeah. Big thing. And he's watching this fucking kid, yeah. you know. It's like, I mean, it is brilliant. It's so exciting. It is exciting. I agree. It is exciting. It's also like conundrums but like these this. Things, these yeah. things sort of catch you out or happen yeah. by luck or judgment or, or whatever. I mean, do you remember, like, Ashley Cole was like, about to sign for Palace. Yeah. Um, and what's his name? Passport. Yeah, passport was sort of shown oh, yes. to be not as quite as, not quite as legitimate as it might have been. And Ashley Cole went on to be a world-class left-back, the best player for years at Arsenal, and yet yeah. literally they were going to sell him, what, 175,000 yeah, to Palace? Yeah. What do you mean? Gwenduzi's you know, looked like he'd yeah. sort of irked yeah. Arteta on this trip away. And oh, apparently he took his shirt in... off at a music event. Are you serious? Oh, in Dubai. Mm. That isn't very smart, to be fair. Oh, is that, that why he had he, he punished culture. him? He told when, <laughs> so fragrant nudity from Gwenduzi. No, at only, a public only he didn't take. No, but it's still nudity. Just, I know, I'm not no, saying it is. But so that's why. Oh, that's that's weird. That's really. I thought he was his posi wild positional Edu, play no, on the pitch. Apparently, Edu yeah. had to tell him to put. That's his hilarious. Back on. Maybe he was. Maybe he was in the Sultan's Palace or somewhere. You know, a place where. Mm. He, maybe he offended one of the camels. There was a lot of camel action, as I mentioned. But apparently it was oh, a. Well, he's been back. You know, but he was back. Considering the comments were so strong. Yeah. He was back playing. But clearly, like they. Because I, mean, I started to read the story, thinking, well, mm. we've got a Ray Parler here. You know, like in Hong Kong with the sort of <laughs> the, the fire extinguisher and the Hong Kong policeman and things like this. And it's like he took his top off at. You know, at a music event. I'm like, this is not really. Is this, this is modern day. Well, this is modern day that is brilliant. I didn't know that it was brilliant. But what, he, what I thought it was great when he came to us, I was like, oh, is he really the answer? Is, is he going to kind of come? But actually, what he did was he 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 relentlessly went to their um, goalkeeper and defenders, didn't he, and challenged them for the ball. Every was time it so fun were... when we did that really attacking bit of closing down? Yeah, yeah, really the closing down. Out of it. Yeah. 
because you could just sense it in the stadium. Everyone just sensed, oh, yeah. we're actually going to like hassle them. And then Pickford kind of gave it to us. Exactly. We nearly we hit, and, and Ketty hit the bar. Yeah. They haven't seen anything was, like that. No, it was brilliant. I mean, yeah. I don't think we've ever seen anything like yeah. that at the Emirates from Arsenal. No, it's and just I so think, exciting. And didn't that start with Guendouzi? I'm pretty sure it started with Guendouzi, like, um, yeah. yeah, challenging them. It was fantastic. Yeah. And I fucking hate Pickford as well. I don't know why. I just he think he's was. A twat. Did you see when he labelled on Guendouzi? I thought that might go to VAR, actually. Because yeah. uh, him and Guendouzi had a little bit of a spat. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Guendouzi yeah, yeah. was on the pitch and has a spat with everyone. And then, and right at the end, you could you see he sort of left his leg up and got Grandi's on the leg, and Grandi's was like hobbling around. Yeah, and I thought that was bad. Yeah, I, I agree. The sort I of thing that just gets missing well. in, the, in the last minute yeah. of the game. Graham Sooners on the on the um, uh, on Sky kept going on about the high foot up for the for, for their goal for their first goal because it was a high foot. It was Charlison. Yeah, he said he said it should have been. He was yeah, vehement about not, it. The first goal or the, the second goal? Uh, was it the first goal or the second? Oh, maybe the second Lewin goal. The second, the first, oh, sorry, so. maybe it was the second goal. Yeah, yeah. But he was absolutely vehement about it. Yeah, it was interesting because I didn't even notice. I was like, oh, whatever. That sort of counter brand for him as well, isn't it? Because usually, yes, you know, exactly. taking someone's head off is just part of the game. Yeah. All in all, we should. We've, we've got we've got some predictions to make. Very importantly, Tom. Right, yeah. um, we've got the Olympiakos game on Thursday. I think so. Yeah. There's a slight. I might have a slight screening. I need. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I might. I, I will go if I can go. Yeah. Right, absolutely. Right. You. Yeah. I'll be there. Absolutely. Yeah, good. Forward, Tom, Tem- team selection I'm, will be I'm, interesting. I'm going. Yeah. Very excited. I'm so, to go in there at the moment. It's just so fun. It is brilliant. It's, it's really good fun. Yeah, it's to- that's great, brilliant. isn't it? So my, my question is, before we do the thing, is how good is this um, revival? Do we think we're going to get that now significant, possibly top five, could come fifth? Do we feel we're going to go on a run? Because we've got a kind of, a, we've got an interesting, um, we've got a run of, Games that, in theory, I'm not saying there's no easy games to use that cliche, but games against teams that you think we could beat without, in theory, and then we've got a kind of run of hard games. I mean, right at the end of the season, we've got Liverpool, etc. Yeah. And do, Wolves and Leicester right. and Spurs you, where, away. What, bottom line, where do you think we're going to finish roughly? Well, Tim? we could well come fifth, yeah. I think, but you can come fifth and be really shitty yeah. this season. Yeah, that. Um, but that's probably what you would take. And I do think it's going to be interesting. We're all quite upbeat at the moment. But that's because we've been so absolutely shite. Yeah. Um, how are we going to be in like nine months' time when arguably we're bouncing along in fourth, fifth again, which is what we've done basically for the last five or six years and we've all got really bored and fed up with and we want to do better? I, at the moment, I feel just because a bit of momentum, a bit mm. of where we're at, I think mm. we'll come fifth. Yeah, I agree with that. I know you like a prediction, Tom. There's just no way to tell. I mean, there's so many variables. <laughs> there's no way involved. to tell. Like, like, I mean, the other teams and their European involvement is obviously like absolutely key. Sure. Yeah. Like if Wolves go out of the Europa next round, whatever they are, are challenging us in the league. If not, I think we'll finish above them. Like it's, it's, it's pure fixtures. That's all yeah. that matters, really. Uh, I wish sort of we'd pick one. Um, I don't know which one I'd pick at this stage. Yeah. Like we're fourth favourites to win the Europa. We're probably fourth favourites to finish. Well, I'm convinced convinced if you went back and asked Emery, he would absolutely say that the nightmare for him, the worst decision he took was when he played the slightly weaker team Mm, at home. Concentrating on the other And and there is, but I totally agree that, that what happens in Europe and... Which one do you concentrate on? It is a really difficult But do you know what? I think he's got... Re- the reason why I'm really optimistic, I think he's done a brilliant thing already. I think these two teams, which are kind yeah, of like... Yeah, but- I think the way he's got Niketia playing... And bringing him back, first of all. So he's got Niketia yeah. to play in the league and maybe Lacazette in the thing. And, and seemingly Aubameyang playing every single fucking game and it's fine. You know, yeah. and the, those different... Tra- Martinelli, I'm add, sure, will be back. To add to the mind games, Bob. What I'm saying is that I, I think those two versions of the team are fine and neither seems particularly lesser than the other which I think could be a brilliant move if they stay fit and but to know. add to the mind games of what you do and how you prioritize you don't know for certain what fifth place is offering of course of course I mean, yeah. at the moment sure. at the moment it's offering sure. champions league but there is an appeal of course. and so well, on I think if we came fifth now for whatever I think we'd all be like I'd be thrilled I'd be like that's an amazing rescue of the season really you know from that's where we were that's what it would be it'd be a, a rescue repeat, because any of the season that would have been part but as to your point but Tom's point is so important about how much fun it is because this is what I was because you, 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 what you said just now about you know if we're still milling around fourth fifth next I don't agree with that if we're playing this kind of football with these players no, it's Oh, no, 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 let me finish. I, that's, this is a material difference, advance, on late Wenger, on the whole period. This is what I wanted. I was, I was bored by what we were, the, the predictability of us both playing and team selection and 65th minute substitution. All, it was a whole thing. Oh, now, I feel it's completely different under Arteta. I, I, I think everything is more exciting and that, interesting. But it's, so much of it is about, like, is next week better than last week? Because mm. actually, because Emery came fifth... 
but everyone was massively down because yeah. he blew the final yeah, few games. Yeah, of course. Whereas now, we're all, you're basically saying you'll do cartwheels if we come fifth. Yeah. But, like, yes, I but last year, you were really down on I it. Know, it'd be the same yeah. thing. It's yeah. partly because of... But for me, interest interest is, is, peak, get, is key. There is something... I get what you're saying about yeah, the formations for youngsters coming I through. Said, I said, honestly, but you can go back and check. I said if we finish... Because, you know, I remember Chelsea finishing 10th one year when, you know, that idiot, when Marino left and came or whatever. I'm, I'm happy with... Unpredictability, I can cope with it as long as it's exciting. And, and, you know. and it's not unpredictability coming temp. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not embracing coming temp. I'm just saying that I'm, what I'm saying is what we have now is exactly what I dreamt of. That, that, this, this is we're living Sheffield the dream. United in the table. Yeah, in a way, yeah. You know, yeah, like, I'm sorry. Have we lost this year? Is it one lost this no, year? No, not this year. year. We're the only unbeaten team in the, well, in the Europe. Sheffield this United, year. but it's in yeah. this year, we yeah. are clearly yeah, we're, like we're, third in the look, second of the league. What you say is if what we've done at the start of 2020 is repeated in the next. You know, three months. Then, then we will probably find ourselves back in Europe for next year, one way or another. Yeah, and we'll we'll really enjoy the summer and be excited about next season. Yeah. Anyway, we have to predict two games: Olympiacos, yeah. and then I'm really importantly, I'm going to Portsmouth on the. Oh yeah, you are. Yeah, you've asked me. I can't go. Yeah. yeah you what snubbed team up. is he playing that? Yeah, right. It's an absolute. Like, yeah, it's, it's a, a new manager. No time this to is talk about the worst it. situation. Yeah. Right. So, Josh, what's going to happen in the Olympiacos? Give you two predictions in a row. Two nil. We're going to win against Olympiacos. I think. Okay. And then a three-one victory on the south coast. I think. Tim. 2 1 against Olympiakos. We will win 2 0 <laughs> at Portsmouth. Tom Rosenthal, king of the predictions. You won't give an answer here, Tom. 2 0 nils. 2 0 nils. We'll, yeah, we'll, get, we'll get a replay. <laughs> no, there's no replay. <laughs> All right. Straight, straight to Pens. Straight to Pens. So you have to pick a winner because there will be a winner on the night. I think we might sneak passport. <laughs> on penalties. I'll say 0 0 against Olympiakos just because. Because then, you know. Yeah. Drama. If I'm wrong, it's exciting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fun. They will be noisy fans. Oh god, yeah. And they may have more than their allocation. Oh really? Oh interesting, yeah. Yeah, London will be London London will be fun on uh, on Thursday. Oh yeah, no, I love it. It's gonna be great. I think one nil against Olympiacos, I think somehow I think it's gonna be quite tight. And then um uh two nil. Against Pompey. I'm glad we've done predictions, they're so important. This has been a mammoth podcast. It's been great fun. Thanks Tom for having for coming back. Um, Remind me, we can, we can see you. Enjoy Gods of the Game. I'm sure you'll like it. I Gods highly recommend uh, Tom Show for all those. Oh, yeah, uh, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Going to, to visit. Stand up Excellent show. Excellent hour. <laughs> I, I'm fucking excited to see. As, as, as a circumcised person, I'm really looking forward to it. Does it have to be circumcised to enjoy it? But it does have. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the return of Friday night dinner. Very exciting. You could do a special offer behind the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? Ten percent off. Tim, my, <laughs> Tim. Good luck. Thanks for coming, Tim, and good luck with the knitting and everything. Thank you very much. And see you next week, Josh. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250 watt city bikes to Harley Bobber inspired 750 watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike e-bikes that are cool AF. Sports Social Podcast Network.